Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow! Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Dawson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? I'm great, Christopher. I've um, uh, just finished my coffee. Um, we're on the second record oh. of two uh, today on the Abroad in Japan podcast, and uh, I've got, I bought one of these little cups. Can you see it? I bought a little I... cup um, that's got two little doggies in it, in the bottom uh... of them. That's kind of creepy. Um, You're drowning your dogs in coffee. It is kind coffee. of creepy. Well, what the fuck? <laughs> well, Waterboarding a dog. So, yeah, so I mean, you fill obviously you fill the cup with um, coffee, and then you um, and and it's got my two little baby bod terriers in there, which is you know oh. very adorable. Um, yes. But it was from one of those companies that um, advertise as if it's like this Etsy sub Etsy kind of like mom and pop um, sort of British or American kind of operation these kind of craftspeople making these little cups. Um, but in reality, it's like a big Chinese uh, like factory and they've got about five or six different storefronts, each pretending that they're a mom-and-pop British or American uh, company using like weirdly translated chat GPT stuff. But <laughs> it's a lovely... Pr- and, and you only find out when you get a very generic kind of AliExpress shop front at the end of it. Um, and you know, at the end of the day, you still get the same product, but you do feel a bit like, well, you know, I I, I fear that the people who are making these adorable little products aren't probably getting paid as much as they can. So I'm very much part of the problem. Starting the show, admitting that I am part of the problem. <laughs> Inherently, <laughs> you're everything that's wrong with globalization and global I trade. I am. Yeah, and and I was duped. <laughs> I was tricked by some people who pretended to be. Um, local crafts people doing local crafts that that, that where the per- people who local make these things are, uh, are making money. But to be fair, they do look like my dogs um, that I am drowning in my cup of coffee. I'm very like, upset, like, uh, Chris. Nonsense. Bit of an up- <laughs> It is a nonsense. Bit bit of a, an update on uh, on PT Toyota Century. Oh yeah, the car. It went to MOT. The MOT oh, man no. said, I can't MOT this car. It is uh, <laughs> from the year 2000. Now, no. I'm fairly certain you can MOT a car from any age, but it turns out that's the case. Um, and he said, basically, it won't pass anywhere because the gas struts in the um, in the hood um, are, are broken. So I was like, well, look, 
No. I'll order some new. I'll order some new gas struts. So I went on the internet and bought some uh, gas struts off the internet. So I feel like a really grown up little boy. So um, yeah. And then and then I said, this look, is ridiculous, matey moo. To just t- just find an MOT guy that'll do it. I mean, it's it's insane that you've got an MOT that guy that won't do anything from the year two thousand. Um, That's crazy. And just just do it and and let me know because because he's expecting me to buy these gas struts. He's going to fit them to the car. Then he's going to go to the MOT and then they're going to tell us the five or six other things that are wrong with it that I'm going to have to order parts for. So I said, look, mate, just find an MOT place, do it, and we'll find out what, what is wrong with it all at the same time, and I can order all of the parts at the same time. So it's just that, really. Um, so fingers crossed why, and all that. But, um, this is why you don't buy and import a 24-year-old Japanese no, car. No, this is why you don't employ <laughs> people who just don't seem all that with it. <laughs> Terrible. Oh, no. That's such a shit. But so, long Mm. story short, with this new device, is there going to be any part of your car left by the end of this? So you've got to change the steering wheel, the tires, and the roof now. Yeah. Is it um, the ship of of Theseus? Theseus is a ship of Theseus, Trigger's Broom, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. There'll be nothing left, mate. (laughs) Honestly. So, the day will arrive sometime in the near decade when you can drive this vehicle. I'm going to. I'm gonna, I'm gonna smash. You know, like that, um, the the bonus stage on Street Fighter Two. I'm just gonna kick the shit out of it <laughs> with a gas strut. <laughs> My God! Oh, well, that's terrible. I, I, yeah, Airful. at least at least Airful it'll be operational stuff. soon. It'll be operational. Yeah. Oh, it'll uh, be operational, all right. It's like smashing up. I've, I've had a more fruitful week. Everyone I've known, mm-hmm. I haven't seen in a while. Uh, people I bumped into, caught up with, has said that mm. I look slimmer. To which I've quickly realised it's because I have long hair for the first time ever, and it makes your face look so. Fit. Little life hack there: don't lose yeah. weight, don't get fit, just yeah. get longer hair, and you'll look better. Just, and you look a little bit like the Yorkshire Ripper <laughs> with your long hair. <laughs> no, I, no, I, I commented that your hair because about I, I feel like last week you just had a haircut, and now it's really like wild man hair. I'm re- it's like Natsuki hair. I'm enjoying it very much. You've got similar hair with, from, from Natsuki. I don't know why. I don't know what to do with it. Should I embrace longer hair and be like American yeah. Pete, who's never cut his hair in the last two years or something? Um, yeah, I mean, he looks he he frequently. Uh, I love Pete, and uh, but his his hair but, is like proper like mechanic you find in the middle of Arkansas, kind of like <laughs> kind of howdy. <laughs> like, like he's just been woken up during a fire fire drill, um, and it's and it's and it's it's good stuff. It's good thick hair. I would love I would love to get my hands through that. Beautiful. <laughs> well, it sounds like you need a mechanic from Arkansas to fix your fucking car. Exactly. So yeah. Get fix Pete my involved. car, please. Sort him out. Sort him <laughs> out. Uh, we've got a story this week from Justin, who says, "Hello, Chris and Pete. Greetings from Long Beach, California. Wait a minute. Oh. Wasn't the last week's message story also from Long Beach, California?" Why is it? What's going on? Um, it was, yeah, Dallas from Long Beach. What's, mm. what's there's conspiracy here? We have someone who goes through and picks out your emails, guys, and curates them, and uh, mm. there's something going on here. Anyway, let's dive in. Maybe it's the same person with a different name, <laughs> uh, because this is Justin. Hello, guys. Greetings from Long Beach, California. My wife and I just returned from an incredible two-week trip to Japan. We're big coffee fans and always try to seek out unique coffee shops during our travels. Ah. But Justin, do you have a cup with two dogs in the bottom of it that you can pour exactly. the coffee on? That's yeah. what you need. That's what you what's need. That, what's that in... cup that um, that people in America really love? That kind of um, 
they had to come out this week and said there is no mm. lead in our cups or hasn't been any lead in our cups for a good few years now. It was like a, it's like a famous, is it a Stanley Cup? No, wait, that's when you win the hockey. Ignore me. Uh, there was like, there's like a fancy <laughs> cup that everyone's got in America and everybody Everyone. lusts after this particular kind of vacuum sealed cup. And then everyone was complaining that it had lead in it, and then it didn't have lead oh in God. it, and 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 it's and it's basically it's a it's a trillion dollar business overnight. These 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 people are obs- It's like a stereotype that women, um, you know, who love their calf coffee, um, love these particular kinds of kind of vacuum flask cups. I don't know why they're successful. I don't know why they're popular. They just look like every other cup to me. But I think keep the, co- a keep the picture coffee, of a car that keep the coffee yeah, hot, right? It's a, it's a, yeah. Yeah, it's a it's, it's a flask. It's a flask. It's a, it's flask. a common garden um, hot hot alcohol flask. Um, but I think they're they're really famous for being quite durable. But people buy loads of them, which I don't, I don't really understand. It's it's weird. I never really got flasks in general, but I, I don't do camping. Oh, they uh, are. I'm... If you experience a flask, if you kind of forget what if a you flask experience is, a flask. and then you if you experience <laughs> a flask, if you forget what a flask is, and then suddenly use a flask, and you're like, this water is still hot. And it's been like six hours. What the fuck is going on here? It's insane, Chris. <laughs> like, forget about everything you know about flasks, and then remember them, and you're like, "This is insane." It's a wonderful piece of piece of engineering. <laughs> this is quickly descending into two men <laughs> amazed about at the flasks. concept of yeah. rudimentary physics. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about this, uh, but the story continues. <laughs> There's no flask involved. Uh, while in Umeda in Osaka, uh, we stopped by a highly rated coffee shop, no flasks, uh, for a much yep. needed afternoon caffeine boost. It was a pretty cool setup with something like 18 different beans available and staff on hand to walk customers through each variety in detail. After about 15 mm. minutes waiting to get our coffee tutorial, the staff member pulled out two beans, telling us that these were their top recommendations. The flavour notes sound delicious. I then looked at the price for each and noticed they were both 3,500 yen for a single cup of black coffee. Jeez, my <laughs> wife didn't seem to know, notice this, so I tried to give her a concerned look, a wink with my eyes while the... <laughs> a wink, a concerned like, really wink. Can you, really, can, can you oh, really wink. do a concerned wink? Uh, uh. <laughs> if if you're like if you're right you there's a burning building and it's on fire and you're going help and there's flames licking around the top of the window and you're ah and then a fireman comes with this big ladder and he goes i'm gonna get you out of here wink <laughs> like just absolutely chilling stuff i'm jumping in the fire get out of here oh my god <laughs> I don't know what you'd, you'd sort of have to be like <clears throat> the price tag <clears throat> the price tag something like that <laughs> by god uh I just I tried to give shit! Her... <laughs> Up front. I tried to give her concerned looks with my eyes while the worker continued to describe the flavour <laughs> of the coffee. I noticed the other beans on the counter were uh, 1,000 to 2,000 yen, still pricey, but much more palatable for my wallet. Mm. I asked a staff <laughs> member about some of the other beans and he just kind of ignored me and kept on talking about the expensive beans. We just decided to go ahead with the two <laughs> expensive options. Two cups of pour over coffee with a grand total of 7,000 yen, about $50. After I paid, I told my wife we just paid 50 bucks for coffee and she was shocked. She said she'd been so focused (laughs) on listening to the worker 
I explained everything that the price didn't really register with her. I told her I was too nice to insist on purchasing a cheaper option, so we both just laughed and enjoyed the coffee. <laughs> Did we get hustled by this coffee barista? The coffees ended up being incredibly delicious, and we enjoyed every damn drop. But I do think uh, those were our first and last $25 cups of coffee. Cheers, guys. Mm. Justin. Now, I had a 700 yen cup of coffee the other day, and I was a bit like, <clears throat> I was a bit on the on the fence about drinking uh, just a joke price coffee but it was really good it was like he took like 25 mm. minutes to make it did it hand drip and whatnot and it was very good and mm. yeah it was still a bit pricey so the fact that they paid <laughs> this amount for like 3500 yen have you ever paid that much for a coffee you probably um, have you definitely there is have. actually i mean i mean japanese are known for yeah. um being absolute pervs for really expensive coffee uh, amotisando coffee in um in oxford street that's uh, quite an expensive uh, drink. I think I spent about eight quid on a cup of coffee before there. Um, mm. But um, but I mean, th- I mean, the Japanese are known for 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 proper, you know, craftsmanship, and the, and they are they 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 they're very good at you know um, they they obsess about the quality of everything in the in the bean to cup process. So I think um, if you're going to drink great coffee and you're going to spend a lot of money on it, I, I would do it in, in Japan <clears throat> definitely because they're just really they're absolute perverts for process. Perverts for process, the Japanese coffee industry. I mean, yeah, I mean, I can uh, this like this sort of price. People would definitely buy it in Japan, like mm. coffee connoisseurs. Um, mm. But I don't think I could ever justify that cost. And if I'd been Justin, I might have been like, "Oh, choto takai, oh, fucking overpriced shit." But anyway, he probably <laughs> wandered into like the, the the Ferrari of coffee shops, and he had no choice. <laughs> Um, but I do, I do love the coffee culture in Japan. There's so many good coffee shops. If you want a good coffee chain, Oshino Coffee, pretty good. They do a good lasagna right. as well. Check them out. Um, <laughs> you did not go for lasagna in a coffee shop. You absolutely you definitely do. This <laughs> this lasagna is so so good for the price point. It's like 800 yen, and it's quite hard to find lasagna in Japan actually. So you get a good coffee, lovely atmosphere, and you get a lasagna. What more could you want from a day out in Japan? But Speaking of days out in Japan, the number of foreigners working in Japan has hit an all-time high, uh, which is impressive. Um, And 25% of the foreigners come from the same country. Uh, Yeah, so we've talked about this recently, I think, or we haven't, I can't remember. But it's no secret that the number of foreigners coming to Japan is on the rise in terms of workers here. And certainly when you go to a convenience store now, you notice that behind the counter, it, like it's becoming less and less that it's actually a Japanese national. Um, it's actually like foreign workers. And it's quite a cool thing to see. Um, mm. Much needed given the decline in population. But fill us in, Pete. Tell us about the numbers. Tell us what's going on. We have got a... It's 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 an it's an interesting story. I think I think it's fair to say um, the number of foreigners working in Japan hits an all time high. Twenty five percent come from the same country. Japan's Minister of Health, Labour and Welfare has released the results of its latest study on the number of foreign nationals working in Japan. As statistics show that the demographic has reached an all-time high. Um, the prefecture of Aichi has the second highest number of working for foreign residents in Japan. Uh, Tokyo had by far the most foreign workers at 26%, followed by Aichi um, at 10%. Uh, for the first time ever, Japan's foreign worker population has climbed past 2 million. 
Um, roughly one in four of these foreigners hail from the same country. Now, you've read this story, Chris, so I can't surprise you, but it's Vietnam. Yeah, I was like, quite surprised by this, 25% actually. of the total. It's really interesting out of all of, like, bearing in mind, like, you know, China's there, the Philippines are there, like, you know, all these all these um, kind of countries that, that, that historically travel quite well for work. Um, yeah, Vietnam. The fourth year in the row for Vietnam to be the number one uh, country in terms of foreign nationals working in Japan. I, I mostly fascinating about like the Vietnamese kind of diaspora and how um, that all kind of fits together. What support networks for the Vietnamese? That's what I don't know. Where is it? Where is I it? Think, I think. I mean, I think Vietnam and Japan do have a good relationship, um, mm. but I'm not sure the mechanism behind this. Like, if it's a Japanese initiative or if Vietnamese folks are more proactive in in seeking out mm. jobs here. Um, Obviously, I think Vietnam is has a much lower income than Japan compared to, I think compared to even sort of China and certainly, you know, other. I think I don't know yeah. where they are in terms of the Philippines, but I think maybe that's a big reason, right, that uh, Japan has such a higher, but quite a better income than Vietnam. But cheaper labor. Yeah, I don't yeah. know I mean, why I mean, it's specific you, to Vietnam. I mean, you do you do see a lot, quite a lot of Vietnamese and um, uh, people over in um, kind of like the um, the Arab states as well. Um, in, in like um, Saudi Arabia and Qatar and places like that. But uh, yeah, proportionally, the largest increases compared to the previous year were in workers from Indonesia, Myanmar as well, uh, which were up 56 and 49.9% compared to a year before. Um, US and the UK were not really um, uh, up there, to be honest. Um, an examination <laughs> of Japanese private sector workplaces, the study does not include US military personnel and contractors working in Japan. But you still imagine that like that would be relatively small compared to the amount of people who are kind of, you know, turning in a paycheck every week. Mm, mm, for sure. The old, it's the same old, week the as well, though. Military the, contractors. It's the same week that, uh, like, uh, some foreign-born residents sued the government for alleged racial profiling. So, mm. swings and roundabouts, swings imagine, and roundabouts. Imagine that goes on quite a lot. Yeah. Uh, there's, mm. like, three folks who are trying to sue the Japanese government for 3 million yen in damages. Um, right. The first such lawsuit in Japan as well. Um as, for this sort of thing um because they've been consistently uh like questioned by the police based on their appearance right. um so yeah i yeah. it's it's definitely changes afoot like uh they the ldp the ruling government over the last sort of decade has uh been kind of sneakily bringing in more and more people um because back in the day like i think most japanese folks were reluctant at the idea of having uh kind of foreign workers on that scale come in um mm. but shinzo abe the prime minister at the time realized that japan needed them regardless of what most of the population thought and yeah. uh, they did done a pretty good job bringing in sort of quarter of a million foreigners a year to fill the gap um and try and fill in the void uh of workers because there just aren't enough young people in japan to fill all the jobs the vacancies that are popping up and convenience right. stores and restaurants and whatnot and even though you know your favorite family restaurants in japan have got all these automated robots popping up they're still not uh anywhere near as efficient or effective as actual real life humans with limbs i saw a yeah. video yesterday of uh that in in like a family restaurant in japan these days they have like this this robot this big clunky looking star wars-esque robot on wheels and it's got like three racks and the workers come to the kitchen they put the food on it, press a button, it drives off to the table, and it's like, Minasan, take your fucking food. And you take the food <laughs> off, hit a button, and it drives off. It's quite cool. It's simple, yeah. and it's efficient, gets the job done. 
but there was one mm. there's a video of these two robots just pausing in front of each other and not being willing to move and that one of them <laughs> is like please could you move and the robot's like please could you move and it's like a mexican <laughs> robot standoff yeah in like how- a Terminator, Terminator Salvation. That's how. That's how they all took over. That's why they've come, gone back in time to kill Connor. I mean, not Connor, <laughs> the one we know. C John V. I But so yeah, robots aren't quite as good as as we'd like to think just yet. Oh, but um, so that's why they're they're filling the gap <laughs> with uh, such a big foreign workforce. And uh, yeah, yeah, you'll notice it at convenience stores and whatnot around the country. But um, still got a long way to go to plug the population gap. And mm. I don't think there's much they can do about that, unfortunately. But <laughs> we'll be back in just a moment, guys. Your story is coming. That's an ominous point to end it on. But there's yeah. still hope. Yeah, hope. The machines Hopeful are coming. Moment. I always end the chapter <laughs> on a bit of hope. But there's hope and the people of Vietnam will come to Japan and it'll be lovely. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Wow. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got this week for our listeners? Mr. Dawson, fill us in. We got a message from Hannah from Canterbury, Kent, a town... We do love. Hi, Chris and Pete. I love the podcast and all the abroad about videos my fiance Joseph and I have been watching for years. 
Um, we've been watching you for years. <laughs> Threatening, if you say it a certain way. Um, we visited Japan for the first time in March 2020. Bad timing, I know. Um, and we only managed three days before we had to travel home due to the <laughs> pandemic. But those three days we spent in Osaka and Nara were everything we wanted Japan to be and more. We are getting married in March and we're coming back to Japan for a month-long honeymoon. We want to visit lots of places and have lots of ideas, but what would you suggest to make our honeymoon extra special? Thanks so much. Hannah in Canterbury, uh, Kent. Mm, I'd say mm. Ryokans. Good old Ryokan, traditional inn. Mm. Get mm. one with a private bath where you can just chill out. Like, whenever Charlotte and I want to go on a break, we, you only need like a day or two at a nice Ryokan. Mm. You've got a nice food, you've got a decent room. And your own private outdoor bath, you can just chill in, splash around in and just relax. Like, it's nice as a couple just to yeah. be on a nice bath, looking out over a mountain. That, for me, is the best bit of any trip and the bit that I always remember the nice warm mm. feeling of the warm hot spring water bubbling over like yeah for me that's that's the best bit so mm. do that do that once and you won't forget it I promise uh, we got one here from Ben and uh, Jamela he says g'day fellas my girlfriend and I are from Brisbane Australia and we are just about to embark on a month long trip to Japan this will be our second time visiting this beautiful country but we've never been to Tokyo before what You've been to Japan, but not Tokyo. I only know one person that's done that. And it must be really weird, like, mm. seeing half the country. He's never gone. He's He has, like, a homestay he goes to near right. uh, Himeji. So he's only ever been to Himeji in Osaka, I think. So okay, must be tripping. He's been here, like, six times. <laughs> never been to Tokyo. Um, yeah. As we'll be spending close to a week exploring Tokyo, we've decided to dedicate a day to visit Mount Fuji. Do you have a recommendation for a nice place to visit Mount... Uh, nice place to view Mount Fuji, sorry, uh, if travelling from Koto City in Tokyo? Cheers. Keep up the great work, Ben and Jamela. I... I was literally there, actually, not that long ago. There's two places. Kawaguchi Lake, which uh, has lots of cool hotels and ryokans around mm. the lake, and you can look across the lake towards Mount Fuji, or go to Hakone, which is maybe a little bit easier to get to uh, and then ride the uh, the sort of not the tram the um, fuck what's it called what's the thing called uh, ski lift like a lift chair ski lift ski lift right not a ski lift ride across like... to Banbury Cross <laughs> <laughs> just ride the lift ride the, 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 the cock <laughs> ride the lift ride the lift Breaking ride the down. lift <laughs> up the mountain and get a, there's yeah. a I did a video called uh, how to spend 14 days in Japan and there's a moment where Shala and I are on this like volcano overlooking Fuji and it's just the most incredible view. And mm. that is where to do it. So, yes. yes. But Kawaguchi's nice. And if you're going in, cool. when are going? If you're going like in a nice warm time, you get some bikes, have a nice cycle around the lake. It'll be beautiful. And we've got one last question mm. here from Amy who says, hello, cyberpunk Chris and postmodern Pete. I'm hoping to apply for the JET program at the end of this year, so I guess this question is directed more towards Chris. Well, don't Pete applied as well, so he can answer to <laughs> Yeah, don't need to go in whether it was successful or not. <laughs> in your book, you mentioned yeah. it was taboo to be asked to be placed in Tokyo. Yes. And I was wondering if there's any other cities this applies to. In other words, I'd love to be placed in Kyoto. Oh, God. I wonder if this may cause my application to get an eye roll. I'd love to hear if there's any other cities or towns you'd recommend as someone who has seen much of Japan. Kind regards, Amy. Don't put Kyoto, Amy. Your application will go straight in the bin because right. everyone puts it there. And just put your... like. The trick is think like an applicant. like Think like a um, an interviewer, right? You get a, Think like a, a replicant. 
<laughs> like a replicant. <laughs> 500 applications coming for the jet program, <laughs> right? And everyone's like, I'm going to go to Kyoto or Tokyo. We'll just chuck him in the bin. And for, because mm. everyone wants those places and they don't really exist. There's a handful of places in Tokyo and mm. Kyoto and they usually give them out to certain uh, places where there's already a, a relationship there. Like, um, like, for example, in the town near where I used to be, um, Soroka. I was in Sakta. There's a town nearby called Soroka. Soroka had a relationship with New Jersey. I don't know how, I don't know why, but they did. And so everyone mm. in Soroka was from New Jersey. And there's a lot of towns and cities across Japan that have those sister relationships with different countries and towns um, in, other com- in, in sort of Canada, the US, and the UK. So... Right. That's a big factor as well. Long story short, like double, double, double denim, looking like Bon Jovi. They were, <laughs> That's what I don't know. That is like exactly that. what they weren't. They were not like that <laughs> at all. As lovely as they were, um, no, just don't put it down. Um, mm. If you want to get on the jet program, stay flexible and say you know you'll be happy to go anywhere or pick an mm. obscure town or city that people mm. wouldn't think of, like you know Matsuyama or mm. Yamagata or Sendai. You know, but yeah. if you the the most important thing is having a real tangible reason for wanting to go there. Don't ever yes. say, oh, "I saw it on a bra in Japan. I look good in it." Don't say that. If you've got a tangible relation, maybe if you've even travelled there before, you could use that. Mm. But that's my advice. That's what Think they look tactically. for. Think tactically. Find like a city that's close to somewhere. If you can't, if you can't find, if if you don't have a reason to mm. be at the place you really want to go to, just choose the place really close to it. Do yeah, it yeah. I mean, I chose Corbeir. I think my number one place was Corbeir. Or it was either first mm. or second. You get to write two two or three places. And I just said Corbeir or like anywhere. And then they asked like, why do you want to go in Corbeir? I said beef. They were like, that's a shit reason. We're going to put you a million miles away, as far away from Corbeir as we can for wasting our time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the, yeah. The trick is just be flexible. The people that enjoy Jet the most are the ones that don't have expectations about where they're going to end up. I worked with somebody yeah. in Sakata who came along and she thought she was going to get placed in a city and she had been mm. on some sort of English teaching thing in Hong Kong beforehand. And she was like, oh, Hong Kong right. was magic. It was party town. And then she ended up in Sakata, which is not Hong Kong, and she hated it so much. And she was gone in a year. Come with expectations and you'll be disappointed. Come with an open mind. Mm. Let fate take its course to see... What happens and where you end up? That's half the fun. Keep the stories, questions, comments coming into a Born Japan podcast at gmail.com or comment on YouTube down below. We'll be checking those out. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be, out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. We'll see you right back here to do it all over again on the Abroad Japan podcast. Bye for now. Farewell. is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1, only from Rust-Oleum. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. 
add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com